The Sober Highway Podcast is brought to you by our good friends and sponsors, Brainwashed Coffee Company. Coffee is very important to the recovery community, but you already knew that if you've been listening to our show. What's even more important is the fact that Brainwashed Coffee Company donates 50% of their profits to people in addiction recovery. They've been taking good care of Anika and I for a while now, and now they want to take care of you. They're launching an all-new subscription service, which will bring fresh coffee on a monthly, bi-weekly, or even a weekly basis straight to your front door. If you head over to brainwashedcoffeeco.com and use the code SOBERHIGHWAY at checkout, you'll get $5 off your first coffee order. Plus, if you order three or more bags, you'll get free shipping. Again, head over to brainwashedcoffeeco.com and use the promo code SOBERHIGHWAY at checkout and help support an amazing brand giving back to people in recovery. What's going on, everybody? Today is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. And you know what that means. It's my best friend Tom's birthday. Tom, if you're listening to this, happy birthday, bud. Love you so much. I bought this kid a mellow yellow back in 2010, and we've been best friends ever since. So again, happy birthday, Tom. I love you. But anyway, it's also time for the Tom Seaverth. Episode 41 of your favorite recovery talk show, The Sober Highway Podcast. Anika and I felt that because Veterans Day has just passed, we thought it would be a good time to discuss trauma. Also this week, as usual, the fantasy football update and answering questions from TikTok. And our review of episode 2 of Dope Sick. Alright, let's get into it. Get ready, get set, and let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Anika. And my name is Dan. And welcome to your favorite recovery talk show, The Sober Highway Podcast. We are two young social workers who have dedicated our lives and careers to affecting change in the addiction recovery community. We want to use this podcast as a platform to take the things that we have learned over the course of our careers and share it with our listeners. At the end of the day, we hope to inspire as many people as we can to make a change and live a sober lifestyle that works for them. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So what's new? Not much. Um, How about you? Everything's been going well. Um... So, I just tried to drink this water with the cap on. Can you believe this? <laughs> I would totally We're, do the same thing. So. I'm such a dumbass. So, everybody that's watching on TikTok, thank you for tuning in. Um, we have four people on TikTok right now. More okay. people than than uh, than Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter combined. Um. Anyway, so... Let's kick off with your Veterans Day. How was your Veterans Day? Did you do anything fun? I was working. <laughs> really? You didn't do it. You didn't have a day. You didn't take the day off. No. Okay. No. So, I said to Michelle, "Let's do something fun. Let's do something like completely that like we normally never do." And so I was like, "Let's go to the Natural History Museum in the city." Oh, that's fun. They have a new um, gem, like, crystal exhibit there, right? No. I don't I'm know. Sure if they, do. they did, then I must have missed it. 
Are you looking at it now? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look it up because I'm pretty sure that they do. And I, I want to go so bad. I'm pretty sure. Is that's not? Are you sure? That may be at the Met. Maybe. Now I'm going to look. No, it's at the Natural History Museum. Are you sure? Are you fucking kidding me? Did we? Yeah. Did we just go through that and I didn't see it maybe? I mean, it's new, so maybe it's in like a different area. Yeah. But anyway, well, t- tell me about it. What, what you saw. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so what I thought was pretty cool is with the museum, they, they give you the option to pay, like your admission is whatever you choose. Okay. Um, which is, I think, I think the Bronx Zoo does that also, but they may only do that one day a week. But the pro, the issue is with the pay what you want admission, it doesn't give you access to any of like the special exhibits, mm-hmm. which we wanted to do. So it was like $35 with tax per person. And we were able to, um, we were able to get access to that. So the first thing we did was we saw the planetarium. We went to Hayden Planetarium. We did the space show there, which is so cool. That's the one reason why I wanted to go. I love that. I haven't been there in a really long time, but that's definitely one of my favorite things there. Right, right. Um, and they have the mammals, like the African mammals, and, you know, they had a they had a interesting exhibit called The Birds of New York City. Which I was like, I didn't know there were that many birds in New York City, but it was basically just... You mean there's more than pigeons? That's what I thought. I thought it was just <laughs> pigeons. Um, and so it turns out that there's there were pigeons, there were seagulls, there were, you know, the Canadian geese. Um, all this other stuff that I didn't even know about, but that was kind of cool. So basically all the birds that shit on you. Yes, yes. All the birds <laughs> that sorry. either the shit on you... Are, are like... This girl is not very nice. <laughs> you know, it and it, speaking of speaking of getting poo, uh, of getting pooped on by birds, there is a tree on my street that no matter what, no matter when you park under it, you wake up and your car is just berated with shit. It's yeah. just like Yeah, anyway. Um so we did the pl- the planetarium, we did the the birds of New York City. They had this cool like color exhibit which was really interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of some other things that were there. They did. They have this one exhibit on like the Pacific people, like like different like Pacific, like the Polynesian people, Maori. Like they do the the whole Easter Island thing. They had a big like Easter Island, um, Easter Island statue. Okay. And that was cool. The only, and the whole reason why we went to the Natural History Museum was because we had just watched Night at the Museum a couple days before. Okay. So, so she wanted to go and she wanted to see Dum Dum. So we actually we had to we had to go and see Dum Dum. And she was she was trying to find like all the things that were like in the movie. And I was trying to explain to her like this stuff's not in the movie. It was just like. It was in the movie, but it's not like that stuff was actually there. Um, but the 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 space show was pretty cool. The gem, uh, the 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 color exhibit was cool because you got to like play with certain things. 
Um, they had the Hall of African Mammals. The um, like the marine animals exhibit was I think it was closed for maintenance or something. Okay. Yeah, Nate. Dum Dum was. No, Dum Dum wasn't Ben. Oh, wait, she's saying Dum Dum was Ben, not the Easter Island head. Well, we called it Dum Dum because that was the thing that kept saying Dum Dum. So she kept saying, Michelle was kept saying, I want to go see Dum Dum. So we went to see Dum Dum. Um, but uh, the crazy part was I bumped into someone from work while I was at the, while I was at the food court at the museum. Oh, that is and I was, bizarre. It was so weird because like he is not, he's not like my boss, but like he's like our chief of service. So like he's a big shot, and I saw him and I was like, "Doc, is that you?" And he was like, and he he literally said, "Oh shit, Dan, how are you?" And he was there with his wife and kids and whatever. So it was kind of interesting to see him in that in that setting. But um, and then after the museum, after we got lunch in the museum, which was insanely expensive, don't ever do that again. Um. We she started to get a little tired and bored of the museum, so we went. We got back on the subway. We went down to Bryant Park, and oh, we saw the, the. Did they start the the Holiday Village? Yep, yep. Um, and so, it it was packed as per usual. Yeah. Um, Everything is overpriced as usual. I love the holiday markets, though. They're so much fun. I used to, when I lived in the city, mm-hmm. I, I went, like, every year religiously. Um, I didn't know you lived in the city. Yeah. Oh, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I lived in Chelsea for quite some time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, we would always switch it up. So one year we'd go to Union Square, one Bryant Park, one Columbus Circle. And so, like, we'd always go to different ones. And it was it was cool. Okay. I think we might do I think we might do Union Square a little bit like closer to Christmas time. Like we'll go in, we'll see the tree, we'll take pictures. I mean they're all basically the same, honestly. They have like yeah. some of them even have the same exact vendors there. Um mm-hmm. but I don't know. I still like it. I think it's cute. It's like a it's fun, fun. It's something outdoor to do. activity. Even when it's cold, you just like bundle up and like we would do that and then look at like the holiday window shops, you know. Yeah. You gotta you gotta go into Manhattan. Uh, you know, around holiday season, the holiday time, it's just, it, it's just something about, I don't know. It's just something about the holidays in Manhattan. It's just like the ambiance is just, it's so unique. It's not like anything else. If you haven't gotten hot chocolate from city bakery, you should do that. Okay. Okay. It's good. There is, there is this one place though in, um, in, at the union square festival, they're usually there every year. Um, it's this pretzel place. It's called Sigmund's Pretzels, mm-hmm. and they have these giant, giant soft pretzels, like bigger than my head and your head put together, <laughs> soft pretzel. And it's like twelve dollars, and only, it's it's really meant for like two or three people. And when before my parents retired and and moved to the Cape, my dad and I would go to Union Square every year. And we would make sure that we got one of those pretzels. And if they were if they had if they were waiting on them, we would not leave until we got one. That's cool. Uh, 
So the that was that was interesting. That whole uh, winter village, but again, everything's overpriced. I never really buy anything. I just walk around. I get a, I get like a cup of hot chocolate, and then we get back on the, we went back on the subway, and then we came home. But uh, it was just something that we. It sounds like a nice day, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of walking around, doing something different. That reminded me. Have you ever done? Have you ever done New Year's in Times Square? No, I don't think I have a desire to. I never did, and I don't, still don't think that I do. It's all about it's all about who you know. It's all about who you know. So, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit once we get closer to, uh, you know, once we get closer to New Year's. Um, so, before we get into the stuff that I sent you, you saw those attachments, right? Oh, no. Go ahead and open those up. And... <laughs> Jesus Christ, some co-host you are. I, you know what it is? <laughs> I, I'm so tired. I got like two and a half hours of sleep. I'm, so, yeah. I'm just so freaking tired. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, this is, you know what though? This is so, uh, something that I used to actually specifically work in. Okay. Um, Like I was um, a specialist in this actually. At the last yeah, I... agency I worked in. So I totally know this stuff. I thought it would be a good idea to talk about this because Veterans Day just passed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a good topic. But so before we get into that, um, I wanted to share the fantasy football update for this week. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we didn't get our asses handed to us again. Uh, we are in the process of that. Okay. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's close. It's close. Um, going into this week, we are um, – it's starting over again, like the cycle of teams. So we're playing um, uh, JP's World podcast again, okay. and he had he had one of his players. He had an injured player on his starting team, right? So you're supposed to change that before all the games on Sunday start, so that way, you know, you can get points. Like you don't lose out on points. Um, he forgot to take this guy off of his starting team so he had a zero locked in for one of his players originally going into like at sunday at one o'clock we were projected to win by 17 points okay but motherfucking patrick mahomes this other guy's starting quarterback threw five touchdowns and passed for over 400 yards so he scored a whopping 46 points just for his quarterback, okay? He was only projected to, t- to score 28 points. He scored he scored um tw- uh he scored 46 points. He was only projected for 28. So now we are projected to lose by 11 points. And he still has one more player and I have one more. I he has one more player. I have two. Okay. Um so we got a couple of TikTok questions. Uh, one is from Hannah. Oh, two. Oh, they're both from Hannah. She's she wants to know uh, what drug is the most addictive, and are addicts aggressive? So that those are two really good questions, Hannah. I would say. 
as far as what drug is the most addictive, it really depends. I mean, you could say that any drug is the most addictive. Yeah. Um, depending on what your drug of choice is, but scientifically speaking, I would I believe the scientists are saying that heroin is the most addictive. Physically. Um... Physically, as far as dependency is concerned, mm-hmm. heroin is the most addictive. Um, and are addicts aggressive? Not always. Well, I think the the thing is like. Without the drugs, majority of people are, you know, not aggressive. Um, there are substances that can increase aggression, right? So certain drugs can increase aggressive behaviors. Um, right. So I wouldn't necessarily say that, that addicts are aggressive, right? But there are there is a subset of people who abuse drugs and alcohol um, that can be aggressive because of those substances. I know, like a lot of, um, you know, like people that take amphetamines can be overly aggressive steroids um, steroids um alcohol alcohol crack cocaine cocaine you know it, it's, uh, it's disrupting obviously your normal um thought processes right right and, and so that's kind of what can lead to the aggression so i think sometimes it is portrayed that way right. but again it's normally not the the nature of the person it's the the drugs or alcohol that is kind of doing that right so Hannah, just to summarize what Anika said, she's basically saying it's not the addict or the drug user themselves. It's more of the substance that they're using and how that affects the person while they're under the influence. Right? Is that what you were trying yeah. to say? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so fantasy football not working out this week. Uh, next week we are playing the Drunk Theory podcast again. Uh, who – again <sighs> – and again, we are projected to lose. <laughs> um, oh, well, we also have one player that's on a bye and a couple of players that may or may not be playing because, like, I had to take a bunch of my starting players out, like our good players, because they were either hurt or they're on buys. So, you know, hopefully, like, as it stands right now, we're projected to lose. Again, convincingly. Uh, but we'll see. We'll figure it out. So we got another comment from that girl. Um, I don't know who it is you're referring to, but it says his birthday was October 28th. He would have been 27. Happy for you getting clean. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we're sorry for your loss. Yeah. I don't know if that if you're talk, referring to like a, a sibling or... Uh, significant other, but again, we're sorry for your loss. Yeah, losing anyone to addiction is is very difficult, very painful. Um. Okay. So, why don't why don't you kind of lead the discussion for today? Because you're you're the expert on this topic. So we're today we're going to talk about trauma, right? And the so it's word. interesting. Um, because trauma, obviously we can think about in terms of like really big events, which is why obviously it's really pertinent and, um, relevant to the discussion of, of Veterans Day, right? Um, because PTSD and trauma responses in general are really high. Um, but there's so many other types of trauma as well. And, um, you know, trauma can be, um, 
due to, of course, things like war, combat, conflict, um, extreme poverty, uh, witnessing any type of violence, uh, any natural disaster, um, mm -hmm. interpersonal violence, domestic violence, right? Um, child abuse, neglect, uh, loss. I mean, there's trauma kind of like can be almost anything because it really is about how your body and your brain interprets events, right? So two people can mm -hmm. see the exact same thing, witness the exact same thing, um, experience the same thing. And one of them may come out with a diagnosis of either like complex trauma or post-traumatic stress disorder, right? PTSD. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that, again, like both of them are going to have it. So maybe only one person does and the other doesn't. It could also be it could also be that one person may not want to seek help for the uh, the the trauma they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, conversely, I would say, you know, there, you know, trauma is the is the emotional response. Mm -hmm. Right. So. It's it's subjective. So something that we, you or I, as clinicians, wouldn't consider to be a traumatic experience, like you were just saying, like being in war, you know, unexpected loss, sexual abuse, neglect, stuff like that. You could experience something like, I remember one time my, my cousin, who is a straight A student, she said, I got a B, I got a B in, a, in, in, in a, one of my college classes, and I... It was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life because I've never gotten a B ever in my life. Yeah. And it that, that wrecked her for a few weeks. And I was like, well, that's weird, but it could really be anything. Yeah. So so typically when we think about trauma, there's certain symptoms that come up, right? Um, right. And, and so they could be like um, flashbacks to the, the traumatic event, which is what I think, again, we typically think of when we're talking about trauma, right? So... We talk right. about veterans and, um, you know, a flashback to, to combat, right? And, like, that's something that's really common. Um, there's also nightmares, right? Um, avoidance of any type of reminders of the trauma, right? So that could be, like, memories. It could be songs. It could be scents. It could be people. Um, right. Having an exaggerated startle response. So, like, you know, somebody just opens the door behind you and automatically you jump and, and you're kind of taken, your body is taken back to um, a trauma response, essentially. Sometimes also people don't like when they're snuck up, like when people sneak up behind them, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, cause that could be, that could be an emotional trigger as well. Um, having a lot of like irritability, anger, um, frustration, low frustration tolerance, um, blaming yourself, uh, anything else that, that is like the typical responses that we, we see that you could think of? Um, one of the things I've noticed, especially when, when I've uh, spoken to patients or clients about trauma is they, they often blame themselves for the event that happened. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for example, uh, let's say I'm just going to make something up for 
the sake of this discussion, but oh, let's I know say... a common one. Go ahead. That that I've heard a lot. Um, kids who had uh, well, adults who as children had abuse in their homes, right? Like, oh, like my mom beat me because like I deserved it, or because I wasn't being good. Mm-hmm. Or say if there was an unexpected un- an unexpected loss, like say someone was you know you know let's say your sibling was killed in a car accident or something like if i had driven them to where they were going maybe they wouldn't have they got they wouldn't have gotten killed mm-hmm. or you know thinking that there was some there was some role that you could have played that could have altered the outcome of the situation mm-hmm. and they 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 internalize that blame yeah and and in recovery um and addiction a lot of people too that have um, loved ones that have overdosed and died, right? If I was with them when they were using, that may not have happened. If, um, you know, I didn't let them go out that night, they wouldn't have used those type of things. And I've had those, I've definitely had those types of, um, those types of experiences. Like I've had those sessions with patients before and you know they they're they're in recovery themselves so i've told them i was like listen you you know that once you have it in your mind that you're going to relapse it's extremely difficult like you've told me like once you've got that relapse thought in your mind it's almost inevitable that you're going to use and they're like yeah okay so what do you think this person was going through do you really think that you could have stopped them just, but, just a thought. Yeah, but it's definitely something that comes up, right? Uh-huh. So, so again, in terms of um, the symptoms of trauma, those are just some of them. There's a lot more, um, but, but those are the common ones that we see. Um, you know, like we said, uh, having a lot of the negative thoughts, avoiding the, the trauma reminders, right? Um, avoiding the trauma reminders leads us back to the drugs and alcohol, right? Right. So people who are experiencing trauma may use that as a way to kind of self-medicate in, in a lot of ways, right? So again, we see this with people who come back who are in the military of some sort, right? And all of a sudden they're using pills or drinking um, to deal with the flashbacks, the nightmares. They don't necessarily know how to cope um, with what's going on. They may not even really understand what's going on for them, right? Um, same thing with a lot of women in domestic violence situations, right? Even if they do end up leaving, what I've seen is that uh, drugs and alcohol definitely can play a part in in regards to like trying to avoid the memories, the feelings, um, even wanting to be intimate with a new partner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then using drugs and alcohol in order to um, deal with connecting on some level because they're not really sure how to do that. That's a really good point. That is a very, very good point. Um, there's there's also, you know, like I said before, the avoidance of, of activities or people related to the trauma, trying to suppress the thoughts in any way. Um, there's a lot of crossover between like trauma and depression and anxiety as well, right? So when we're thinking about like blaming the self, right? Like you were just talking about, Dan, right? Um, also kind of just having negative thoughts about oneself, right? So like, oh, like 
I'm not worth anything. I'm not good enough. Um, I'm a waste of space. Those are things that like I hear a lot. Um, it would just be better for everyone if I weren't here, right? Um, so those type of things really go hand in hand with trauma and depression and anxiety, which is why it's important to seek out mental health treatment because they can kind of help parse out what is going on for you and what the appropriate treatment would be. Um, mm -hmm. Other things in terms of, of trauma, um, isolating, that's like a big thing as well. Right. Um, also, some people forget the trauma completely, right? Like block it out. So this is actually very interesting. And this Go is ahead. like one of my like fun, fun, like clinician things that like I just, I get really <laughs> excited about, right? Um, so in terms of trauma not everybody actually remembers the trauma that has happened to them right so okay. i've seen this a lot where like especially when trauma has happened when people are really young that their bodies will react a certain way when things come up in life right um so they might have like again that exaggerated startle reflex or they might only sit in certain areas of a room right and they're like oh i've always been this way and they don't know why, but they have this really uncomfortable, unsettled feeling. That's normally because there has been some sort of trauma. And it's not, again, it's not always something like neglect or abuse, um, but something has stuck with them that their body is having a physical reaction to it. Right. And so Bessel van der Kolk is like considered the, the grandfather of trauma research. And so he talks a lot Say about his name. This. What was his name again? Bessel van der Kolk. And Never so heard of that name. He, uh, I, I'll take your word for it. The body keeps the score. You should read it. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite like books out there <laughs> um, in regards to trauma. So I, I would suggest everybody actually read it that is, has any interest in it. And so it's about, it really talks about that, right? So our bodies sometimes remember the trauma when we don't. So, so um, I just... I just wanted to share there were two two comments that came in. I'm going to save the second. I'm going to save the other one for – we're going to do this one first. Uh, this is Vin. Vin is asking if there are any such things that are considered good addictions, like addicted to – being addicted to improving yourself. Um, so maybe like going to the gym, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, again, I think it's, I would say no, only because a, being addicted to something like the word addiction carries should have this connotation where it's taking away from your life more than it is adding to it. So like if you're say addicted to working out, it's taking away from your life more than it's adding to it. Like you're not able to pay your bills cause you're, you're buying, you know, between your gym membership and your work, your, you know, your gear and your supplements and all that stuff you're not able to like afford other things you know you're not you're, spending you're time working with... out so much that you're not going to work exactly you're working out you're not having relationships with friends family significant others right exactly um, and so i think there's a big difference between enthusiast and addiction when it comes to some of the healthier things we talked about that remember right? i shared that article with you yeah. Um, the addictive personality, and we talked about how it's one thing to be excessively enthusiastic about it, 
to, about something and then it's something else to be completely you know to be addicted to it uh that was episode oh, i don't remember <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now which episode it was the addictive personality was episode nine okay so a while ago that was so a check long it time out ago. <laughs> february of 2021 so that was how long ago that's got to be at least six, seven months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, No, that was what? We're in November? So nine months ago? Nine months ago. What am I saying? I'm a social worker, not a mathematician. Yes. Um. <laughs> so that was one question. And then the other per- – um, the other comment was there's no such thing as an addiction. If you're an alcoholic, just drink less. I'm assuming he was just being a troll because I don't know why someone would say something like that. Yeah. Especially when you can see above here that we're doing a podcast about addiction recovery. But some people do think that way. Yeah, some people do. And and maybe, look, maybe that's a topic that uh, we could talk about at some point. Um, About maybe some of the actual, like, research and... um, things that are out there that kind of prove to those oh. disbelievers that addiction got, is a real thing. We got a we got a uh we got another comment here about addictive personality. Oh, I think this is going to this is going to start a this is going to start a TikTok war, hopefully, cuz we we need the engagement. Um he's saying Cody Randolph is saying addictive personality is a very real thing. When I stopped doing drugs, I started buying hockey cards. Like like play like playing car, uh, player cards. Okay. Um. Well, show me, show me a uh, uh, show me the criteria. Show me the criteria that can predict an addictive personality, and that alone. Well, and it also sounds that's like, that's how I would say. Like Cody might be experiencing some switching addictions. Right. Like maybe some cross addiction there. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's very common. Mm-hmm. We see that a lot. Um... Right. Um, we're getting some more questions here. Okay. Um, Island Girl is asking, how were we able to recover from our addictions? So since uh, I, I probably should have prefaced this by saying, you know, uh, my co-host and I, who you can't see on TikTok, um, you know, we are we are social workers that are still currently practicing here in New York. Um, and so because of that, and we know that some of our patients may listen to the stuff that we the content that we put out. So we, we choose not to disclose things about our lives, our personal lives, well, about whether or not we're in recovery. So while we appreciate the question, um, we won't be answering any questions like that. Um. Right? You agree with that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Someone said... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Someone saying... They did the 12 steps and it always boils down to God or higher power. Um, I mean, that's that's your... That's your prerogative, I guess. But I would encourage the person to check out other types of right of 
support groups um, for so, recovery. So, Pauly, if you're still watching, if if AA or 12 Steps is not your thing, um, you know, look into one of the things that I like to recommend to people is Smart Recovery. It's more of an evidence-based um, uh, recovery self-help program. Um, check out episode five of our podcast, um, and you can you can listen to our talk about that. Um, a person can be their own higher power. What do you think about that? Yeah, why not? That's the best version Absolutely. of yourself, right? The highest, tr- the highest truth. Um, mm-hmm. The best version of yourself. Totally heard that. Totally works. Um. Someone said. Alcohol is the only thing that makes me happy. I have no fear of death and no one loves me. So I really hope that this is not someone trying to be a troll because that is very difficult to hear, when, at least when patients have told me that. Um, my advice would be to close out of TikTok right now and either call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room because that's that's very important like you should you should get that you should address that right now and just remember that you matter you know yes you do matter sometimes in our darkest moments we forget that we matter he's kidding feel like we don't he's kidding but go ahead yeah go ahead um but but yeah we feel like we don't or we feel like nobody's there for us um and so it's just really important to remember that that is not true. Um, that may be our mental health issues coming up, our depression, anxiety. It could be the substances we're using or abusing, right? Um, and those type of things. And it's just really important for for people to know that, that that's not true. And people do care. You are important. You matter. You deserve to be happy. And it's never Everybody too late to change. Everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody deserves to be happy. And it's never too late to make the choice to start recovery. Like I, I remember I had a coworker tell me this was the director of a program. He said to me, every decision that you make in life is an opportunity to turn your life around. No matter how insignificant you think that the decision is, it's all it, whatever decision you make is an opportunity to turn your life around for the better. Um, so what are, so we talked a little, we talked a lot about like what trauma is, um, what some symptoms of people that are experiencing trauma may display. Yeah. One of the last things I want to just go over with, uh, symptoms, hyper arousal. Mm -hmm. All right. So feeling edgy on edge, irritable, discontent, (laughs) uh, having trouble concentrating, uh, trouble sleeping, risky behaviors, right? Um, also maybe feeling angry, um, the startle reflex, right? Like we talked about before. So like, that's the hyper arousal that we see a a lot as well in people who have experienced trauma. Right. Um, so you kind of, you kind of cut me off right at the time where I was about to ask you the question, but I think you kind of had the idea of what I was going into. um on the first sheet so we talked we talked a lot about you know what we talked about 
what trauma is, what some symptoms that people experiencing trauma might display. Um, we talked about people's reactions to trauma. What are some ways that trauma can be what are some ways that trauma can be treated? So, I mean, one of the, the best ways is definitely with therapy, right? Um, but looking for a therapist who definitely has experience in working with people who are experiencing trauma. So maybe somebody that uses some cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Um, which we've talked about before, right? Uh, because it helps to challenge the unhealthy thinking patterns. Um, maybe somebody that, that works in exposure therapy. Um, so somebody who is able to help the, the patient um, be exposed to reminders of their trauma in a very gradual and safe way. Um, medication can also be really helpful depending on the severity of the symptoms and what's going on, right? So for somebody who keeps having nightmares and cannot sleep, medication may be an appropriate thing, right? Or if somebody's experiencing extreme depression and anxiety, um, right. having thoughts of suicide, et cetera, right? Medication may be a really good option um, to treat that. Um, EMDR is something that has become really uh, popular recently. That's um, the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Um, I do I not always forget what it stands for. Uh, yeah, I do too. And I actually don't, <laughs> I don't know that much about EMDR, like in terms of the actual work. Um, I know yeah. that it basically, it, it, it makes you less um, kind of like hyper aroused um, to the stimuli. So it allows your body to kind of relax. Um, right. I would also say um, working with clinicians, and this is where some of the work that I do comes in, um, in my own practice. Um, using more holistic methods of like a, a practitioner that combines some of the somatic approaches, right? Um, so when we are thinking about like meditation and yoga, Reiki, energy healing, things like that, in addition to your traditional therapy, um, you're able to not only deal with the thoughts that are going on, but you're able to actually start to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest system. Um, right. Because again, the, the, that's something that we need to work on um, with, you know, somebody who's experiencing trauma is that they have a hard time activating that. And that happens through the vagus nerve. Um, and so that's something that I like to do a lot of work with. Um, there's certain yoga poses, so legs up the wall, um, even a okay. forward fold is really nice. Uh, someone's asking me who I'm agreeing with. Um, so, <laughs> so for Yourself. those of you guys, <laughs> so yeah, um, um, no, I'm not talking to myself. If you're watching on TikTok, I'm recording my podcast with my co-host who we're, we're video chatting right now. Um, <laughs> um, so I don't have the capability, like I have a podcast account on TikTok. It's called the sober highway, all one word. Um, unfortunately we haven't reached a thousand followers yet and I can't, I can't broadcast from that account. So I'm using my personal account and, um, but perhaps if you like and follow, if you give us right, if you give us a like and a follow on our, on our podcast account, we'll able, we'll be able to reach more people and eventually we'll be able to stream to TikTok, um, which I'd be super excited about. Um, 
So thank you for <laughs> thank you for that question. Um, here. So someone said, "I know what that's like. I'd love to be able to go live." So you know what I'm gonna do? I am gonna shoot you a follow, and get you a little bit closer to your goal. Merplicity just dropped you a follow. Uh, so those are all some great ways to address trauma. Any other ways that you can think of? Um, I do know that in some of the, uh, in some of the, some of the programs I've worked at, we've tried to do, um, seeking safety groups. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, you know, a curriculum that I've seen used a lot. The only, the only issue that I've had with seeking like addressing trauma in group therapy is I'll, we we explain to them like we explain to the patients before they get into the group as well as in the middle of the group um that we're not necessarily share it, you shouldn't be sharing what the traumatic event you experienced was it's more talking about how you're addressing the trauma because what can happen, I'm sure you've experienced it in your individual sessions, Anika, is that um, once a person starts talking about their trauma, they start to flood. Mm-hmm. And then everything comes out all at once. And then the patient may go, you know, may have, say, an anxiety attack or a panic attack or something. And not to say that that's not part of the healing process, but we don't want that to take away from people who came to that group. To, to get some help, you know, and that's not really, we don't really want to subject other people to that. Yeah. So I um, have run a bunch of trauma groups as well. It um, takes a certain type of clinician to be able to, to, to run a type, uh, to run a group like that. I personally never have. I'd like to get there someday, but you never know. But go it's ahead. fun. It's fun. So I never ran Seeking Safety, but actually one of the agencies I worked for did do Seeking Safety. Um, but right. I've done Stephanie Covington's Beyond Trauma. And so that's for women um, okay. who have experienced trauma. It's a, a women's group. Um, she also has men's um, like trauma groups and other, they're all evidence-based curriculums as well. Um, and that basically is the premise too, is like you have group to process kind of how your body responds and and uh, different ways to address the thoughts that are coming up, um, ground yourself, things like that. But again, you don't go into the direct trauma during group session. And we always had like the, the recommendation of people in group should also be having some individual therapy so that ideally, they can process. Ideally with the counselor that's running the group. Like if you're fortunate enough to be going to be receiving therapy in a therapy group, maybe if you're lucky enough, that person who's running that trauma group could be your individual therapist and you can kind of bounce things off between, you know, your individual sessions and your group. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, like I've always I always encourage patients to talk about like what they're working on. Um like, you know, when you're in group, you can talk in group about, oh, this is what I'm working on with my therapist. You know, this is a coping skill I'm working on. I'm, I'm having, you know, some good, some good, you know, feedback from it this week. Or, 
you know, um, this is something I'm working on with my therapist. I haven't really been having a good go at it this week. Have any of you guys tried this? What, how, what works for you? You know, that's the whole point of group therapy, really. Yeah. Right. A clinician's supposed to just open the group by saying, how's everybody doing? And then they don't talk again until group's over. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's de definitely different groups out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and some are very open-ended and the therapist doesn't say a lot. Some are really based on a curriculum. So there's a lot of different things going on. Um, but the group can be po a positive thing. Um, one of the things that I would say actually to kind of wrap up trauma, at least for now. Right. Um, is uh, the five senses activity, which is like one of my favorite things to do for anybody that is experiencing not only trauma, but also anxiety. Right. Um, and so it goes through your five senses in order to ground you in the here and now. So when you're doing this exercise, basically your brain cannot process you doing so many things at once. So by doing this exercise in your head, you can't be re-experiencing the trauma. You can't be in the middle of a panic attack because you're doing this activity. Um, and so, Very interesting. um, I like ground grounding exercises. Those are good. So basically you start with five things that you could see in the room around you, right? So that might be like a window, a computer, your laptop, whatever, right? Four things that um, you could touch. So that could be um, maybe a sweater, a blanket, keyboard, um, three things that you can hear. So maybe you hear uh, somebody else's voice. Maybe you hear the heating um, system in your house or a boiler, maybe some traffic on the street, um, two things you could uh, smell. So maybe you could smell your shampoo or cologne, perfume, whatever. Um, and then one thing that you could taste. So that might be the last thing you ate or drank. It could be toothpaste if you just brushed your teeth recently, things like that. Um, and so you go through all of your senses to ground you back to the here and now. I like that. I like that. So again, it's five I, things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. Because someone can't really taste five things at one time. But I get it. Great, mm -hmm. great exercise. Uh, so before we go, because we're approaching, we're approaching the hour mark. Um, want to talk about episode two? of dope sick um or did you not watch it i i totally watched it but it's a while ago now <laughs> <laughs> and i don't remember what happened in episode two so jog my memory so they're blurring together now all right so for those of you that on tiktok we only have one listener right one viewer right now but um uh if you haven't watched the show dope sick go check it out on hulu um if you want to watch it uh, you know, you can turn off the live right now, uh, or you can just and you know and just wait for the rest of the podcast to come out tomorrow morning. Uh, but yeah, major spoiler alert. So basically, uh, from what I remember, it was where uh, they were talking about breakthrough pain. Okay. Uh, so basically. Purdue was getting a lot of complaints that 
patients were taking OxyContin and, you know, they were, you know, Purdue was saying that the pill was supposed to last 12 hours and a lot of patients were, uh, you know, saying it's not lasting 12 hours. So Dr. Sa- uh, Sackler, Richard Sackler turned around and said, oh, well, when my cousin created Valium, you know, they had to create a condition to make it valid to prescribe Valium. Like they mm-hmm. call, I think they called it like psychic tension, some yeah. bullshit, right? So Purdue turned around and created breakthrough pain, and said to the to your physician to the physicians like, "This is what your patients are experiencing. It's not the drug that's the problem." Yeah, it's not the drug you, that's not lasting twelve hours, right? Right. It's your patients that are experiencing breakthrough pain. So what you do is you just double the dose. Uh, so it, it, it's essentially, it, it's essentially Purdue just doubling down on everything that they've worked on thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and basically the, also one of the other things was like the cost of, of making like the higher doses and stuff was not like a prohibitive factor on Purdue's part. Right. So like, it wasn't, what do you mean? So there was like a little, it was only like a very short little thing on there that basically said like, okay, well, it basically only costs like a smidge more to make a higher dose pill, right? Mm-hmm. Then um, like to make a 12, 20 milligram compared to a 10. So on their end, it actually wasn't like they were going to, by having the doctors write more and more prescriptions and higher um, levels, there's more profit for them. Versus their cost is still really low, right? So certain drugs, when the dose increases, it's much more costly to make. Gotcha. So we got a comment here. What do do I do on TikTok? Well, on my personal account, I don't really do much of anything. Um, But right now, I am recording a podcast about addiction recovery with my co-host, who you can't see or hear, so it sounds like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you if you can, please go and follow our podcast account. Um, we are the Sober Highway, all one word, and uh, help us get to a thousand followers on that account so we can stream from that account. I'd really appreciate it. Um, Stavros, hello. Uh, so yeah. What we were talking about, dope sick. Go ahead. What were you saying? Oh yeah. So so that was another thing that I remembered from that that episode. Now that you jogged my memory, um, but but again, I think in that episode they were really talking too about the push for like, well, it's still it's not addictive. You know, the breakthrough pains there. You could just double the dose, and you know, still the one percent only gets addicted, right? Right, right. And it's crazy because like, and I said this last. Uh, uh, I think I I think we talked about it. Whereas, like as clinicians, like we know what ends up happening. So, like you could just tell, like it it it's almost comical to me how they're doing this because, like, I know what the outcome's going to be, mm-hmm. and they're just turning a blind eye to everything. Yeah. And I just wish I just wish that it was much easier for you know, the, the DEA and, you know, those two attorneys that are, that are investigating in, like, I wish they didn't have as tough of a time at the beginning. 
because you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, and in that episode too, it starts to get it a little deeper into the storylines of, of people. Right. And of like their, their personal um, issues going on. Right. And like the things that they're struggling with. Um, yeah. So again, like the, the DEA agent and, and her divorce and um, you know, the character Betsy and her sexuality. And so like a lot of that stuff is, is really coming um, to the forefront of like, you know, right how this is going to like impact their lives so was there anything else in that episode that i that you can remember that we didn't talk about i don't i mean i think that that was like the big thing okay was really the, the double down the the breakthrough pain breakthrough pain doubling the dose oh and then the doctor was asked to go to the conference and then I don't remember – I'm not going to talk more about that because I don't remember if that – the if the conference – Was that episode or the next one? Yeah, so we just yeah. spoiled that he goes to the conference. The, <laughs> initially, he wasn't going to go, but he ends up going. Um, And what happens at the conference, we'll, we'll leave until next week. So, Anika, watch episode three, please. Like, watch it again. <laughs> I know. So that you don't it's forget. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're at we're we're approaching the hour mark. So I guess we'll just we'll we'll stop for now. Uh, so if you're watching on TikTok, thank you for watching my live video. If you're listening to this after the fact, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed our content, we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on all of the major podcasting platforms. We are on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Stitcher. Yes. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You hear that in the background? Yeah, what is that? I have no idea. What the hell? Oh, someone's freaking So I have I have Spotify linked to all my am, my Echo Dots in my apartment and I guess somehow it, the music just started playing on the Echo Dot in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't you're know. Like, I, have, I have a ghost <laughs> in my house. Yeah, I was like what the fuck is that? Anyway, so um so on social media we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Get involved with our TikTok campaign to get um AJ McLean on the Sober Highway podcast. Um, interesting. I don't know if I shared it on the podcast already, but in January, we are going to have Chris Heron on the Silver Highway podcast, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, but yeah, follow us on all of the social medias and get involved with the AJ McLean thing. And if you have any information that you want to share with Anika and I, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you know anyone that wants to be a guest on the show, Shoot us an email at thesoberhighway at gmail.com or just DM us on any of our social media platforms. Is that everything? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to cut the TikTok stream. And then we will say goodbye to everyone else. Thanks for tuning in and we'll check you guys next week. Bye. Bye.